Welcome to Modern Career. I'm your host, Mary Humiston. You may be thinking about changing, advancing, or even reinventing your career. We want to help you do that and live your full potential. In each episode, I cover work and career topics, leveraging my 30 plus years of global HR leadership and through interviews with other career experts and professionals from around the world. Subscribe today and visit modern-career.com for blog posts, career stories, career coaching and workshops, and more. Let's jump into our next episode. Welcome to the first in our Chief Human Resources Officer Perspective Series. Today, our guest is Melissa Anderson. Melissa recently served as the Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer for Duke Energy, one of the largest energy holding companies in the United States with a global workforce of 30,000 employees. In addition to leading all aspects of HR, Melissa also led the real estate, aviation, and support services organizations. In her 30-plus career to date, she has been a chief HR officer multiple times following a foundational earlier career at IBM. She holds a bachelor's in industrial relations from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and a master's of industrial labor relations from Cornell. She serves on several boards and is the chair for SHRM, the Society of Human Resource Management. Welcome, Melissa, and thank you so much for joining us. It's so great to see you, and it's great to hear what I would consider an insider perspective. Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to speak to you and your audience about my experiences. Well, let's jump right in. One big question, love your perspective. Why do you think navigating a career today may be different than it used to be? I think one big differentiator today is the impact that technology is having on all of our careers and all of our jobs. With the acceleration of technology and how we work today, what we have found is that the shelf life for a particular skill, particularly technical skills, is only two and a half years. So what that means for each of us as professionals is that we have to commit to being lifelong learners. And not only do we have to be lifelong learners, but we also have to continue to reinvest and reinvent ourselves along with really think about the design of jobs and not only think about the jobs of today, but be anticipating how jobs of tomorrow are going to change because they're never going to be static like they were in the past. I also believe that companies and leaders who are prepared to invest in their employees and provide the training and development And the time for that type of training and development are going to have a competitive advantage because I think more and more people are coming into the workforce with an expectation that they're going to want to have the opportunity to learn and grow. Can you share with us as well, Melissa, you've seen many, many instances, I'm sure, of what success looks like when someone's navigating a career well and also some things that potentially get in the way. From your perspective, what contributes to someone or what does it look like when they're navigating well and what have you seen get in the way? What comes to mind is when I've been part of acquiring a company and you're assessing the talent of that new company, and that's often a very tumultuous time and there's a lot of anxiety. What comes to the forefront of my mind is the fact that 
when individuals approach a new situation and they're thinking about the business first and what the business needs are, that those individuals perpetually rise to the top like cream on top of milk. And I think about recently a situation where an acquisition was done and we had three leaders, three executives who were all part of the acquisition. And the first leader came into the acquisition and into the new company thinking about what are the things that they could do to help make the integration successful and played a very instrumental role in terms of looking for synergies and creating a very seamless transition. The other two executives came into the role really focused on what is it that that they need to preserve for themselves and really focused on their own career aspirations. While all three had very good technical skills and great business experience, the individual who was thinking about it from how do I make this work for everybody and how do I contribute to the business rose to the top, really differentiated himself. So it's a great reminder of how it's not just the skills, but the way that you approach every situation that can differentiate and add value. Mm, I totally agree. I've seen the same. And we used to call that a little bit of wearing your ambitions on your sleeves. But also to your point is kind of a heads down, business focus first as always. What are the main career topics from your experience that employees seem to seek out leaders, HR the most? The one that seems to be either most on their minds or the one they want to know more about? I often get the question that is, what can I do to succeed and get ahead? Should I take risks? I think the other thing is people are worried that if they take a risk, will it work out? And one of the pieces of advice that I like to give is that careers are much more resilient than we tend to give them credit for. So many times, if you do something and you take a risk and it doesn't work out, or you take on a project and it fails, it's a really big deal to you. It's not nearly as big to everybody else. If you get back on that horse, so to speak, and you really recommit yourself and contribute in the future, people will not only respect you, but they'll admire you as well. And they'll recognize in you that you have personal resiliency, which is a key leadership attribute. But I know and I've seen a lot of people who only want to work on a project because it's going to be successful. They're asking for career advice. They're asking for what type of projects, what kind of experiences. And I think being willing to take a risk is really important. And if you tie it back to what you said, if we all and for sure we need to be lifelong learners, you're going to have to take a lot of risk in that journey, right? And kind of comes naturally with the learning and the pivoting as you go. What might also be sort of similar, but what might be some insider knowledge uh, that you've known as an executive or in the role of an HR leader that you think most people don't know that seems very important to navigating a career? What's in that little black box that we don't always know about? What comes to mind is that I think As people, we tend to want to always be right and have the right answer. And I think that as a leader, you really appreciate when somebody is authentic and is very honest about what they know, what they're confident of, 
and where they see risk versus just coming up with an answer that they think you want to hear. So I think really being authentic and not being afraid to say when you don't know something or that you don't have an answer that's appeasing or pleasing. I think that's something. And I think a lot of times employees don't know that a leader can see right through that. And they know when they're being sold something or where you're, or when an employee isn't certain, but wants to appear certain. Do you think that changed? It used to be that you kind of didn't, for some reason, show your true authentic self and that wasn't part of success? Or that's still just something people perceive that just never was true and isn't true now, just in your own opinion? I guess my own personal experience has been that it's always been this way. I think that um, it's a misperception that that was something that people valued. It could be leader specific. I believe there are some leaders that that would be what they prefer. But I think in most high performing organizations, dealing with facts and dealing with reality is so critical to making the right next decision. This number one question that sometimes comes up, and I've heard it before, I've experienced it, and you just said it, this question around how do I best advance? What are the keys to being successful? Why do you think sometimes that is not as transparent or not as known? My first reaction is that I think there are lots of different ways to define success. And then I think a lot of times we're thinking hierarchically. I think a lot of times people need to move laterally and pick up new skills. And if they're thinking about success as I'm the first and the fastest to be promoted, then they're thinking about success really narrowly. And I have seen in my career many times where people took lateral moves to expand their skill set and they had a longer, higher trajectory in terms of the arc of their career versus an individual who was just so focused on the next promotion and bigger dollars versus thinking about what's happening in the marketplace and what skills are going to be marketable and what experiences are going to be marketable. So I think thinking about things from a long range perspective and also having a little bit of patience is really valuable. Completely. And I'm guessing I can tell you, I've made many of those lateral moves and I'm guessing you have too. And I've done them cross-functionally. It's not without a lot of consideration. And as you said before, risk and you're taking some bets, but I have personally never seen them not work out. They've been brilliant. Some may end up being just good learning experiences, in which case you turn around and do something else. I couldn't agree with you more. I've never seen them not work out. And in point of fact, more often see them work out so much better than the individual ever imagined it would. A lot of times when those individuals have been talked into taking the lateral moves, they come back sheepishly and say, oh, I'm so glad that you didn't listen to me and that you really pushed me into doing this. So very similar experience. You've worked with so many different leaders across the globe, and we all know how much leadership has an impact on us. What are some of the characteristics and practices that you've seen of really good leaders? Three come to mind to me, Mary. The first is I think any leader needs to set direction. They need to be able to be clear communicators and then also be great motivators. For me, they don't have to have the strategy. They don't have to have the best vision, but they have to be able to 
put together the right leadership team that has the right skills, knowledge, capabilities to put that together and make sure that there's alignment within that team. They're in one boat pulling together on the oars. And then I think that it's really important that a leader lead in a way that motivates individuals and does it in a way that they're willing and able to take risks because people are brilliant at reading body language and unintended messages. And when a leader really punishes somebody because they took a risk and they failed, I think that is really detrimental to the team because people believe now that they can't take a risk and they become very risk averse. As we know, in business, it's all about taking risks and making educated guesses and then failing quickly and recovering. So I think a leader has to demonstrate their willingness and their support for their employees. So they're motivated to do that. I think the third thing a a leader really needs to do is to communicate clearly with their employees and communicate often. Because a lot of times a leader thinks that they've shared information. Most of the time they have, but it takes most of us six or seven times to hear something, especially if you're part of a large, complex organization. It's really important that you stay on message, stay on point, and about the time you're sick of talking about something, especially something strategic and important, that's about when most of the individual contributors in your company are just hearing it for the first time. Staying on point and being willing and able to communicate over and over again the things that you think really matter about the company and what the company stands for and the strategy and the future of that company. I think that's a hugely important role of the leader. I agree. And especially as times are as they are and will be more uncertain, lots of challenge. It's really, really critical. Those are three brilliant points, Melissa. Is there an important reflection? or question a leader should ask of themselves from time to time? Yeah, I think there's two. One is, am I showing up how I think I am? And what is it that I don't know that I should know? Do I have a blind spot? Because we all do. We all do. (laughs) Multiple. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's so great, too, is, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I think it's becoming more comfortable to ask those questions and face them as individual contributors, as leaders, as we work together than it used to be, than it ever used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think at least it felt like early in my career, it was more in vogue to look like you had it all together and that you knew everything and that you never showed up being vulnerable in any way. Absolutely. I think we both grew up that way. Many did. It's, you know, a very different life and style of more command and control and very different leadership style. Let's talk about a little earlier in your career, if we could. You've done some amazing things. You've had such a rich experience. What would you say you've learned or taken advantage of that's really helped you throughout your career to date? I would say it is to be open to whatever opportunity presents itself but particularly opportunities that really align with what's important to the company or organization that you're part of. People used to tease me and tell me that if there was a fire, I'd be the first one running into a burning building because my inclination was to go to where the action was. 
and I'll give a personal example. And that's early in my career after graduate school. The last thing I ever wanted to do was to work in health and welfare benefits. It just didn't interest me. I didn't think it was that exciting. But at the time I joined IBM, they were centralizing HR back office operations. And I was asked to be part of a team that centralized the benefits, open enrollment and administration and saved the company a lot of money, which was part of what the company needed to do. Did that work? I learned a lot. I learned a lot about project management. I learned a lot about ERISA law that I didn't necessarily want to know, Mm -hmm. but it, (laughs) it was a great learning example. And I learned actually a lot about employee relations and then rolling out something company wide change management and how you get people to buy in and adapt to something new. So it wasn't anything like what I anticipated it to be. And doing that and being willing to take something, take on a project that was such high risk was something that the company felt differentiated me from my peers. And as a result of that, I got a lot of recognition and future opportunities. What do you think that is, that openness? characteristic and quality about you? Where do you think that may come from? I think it's because I grew up in a family of academics. I think their openness to debating and looking at things from all different sides and there never being one right answer, but lots of good points on either side kind of put me in a mindset or I was raised with a mindset that was you can and should look at things from all different angles. So I think when you look at things from the perspective of the person asking you to do something, it's easier for you to see the value in the ask than if you're just thinking about the what's in it for me. Fantastic. Melissa, is there a piece of career advice that stayed with you throughout your career or one that you would share with us today? The one that has stayed with me the longest, I think, Mary, is someone told me when I first was promoted to a manager that people rarely remember what you say to them, but they almost always remember how you made them feel. And I think that in today's environment, that is so important, especially when you think about the political and social discourse that we're in. I think about what makes a leader a great leader and a leader that's able to convene very diverse set of individuals with divergent opinions and treat everybody in a way that they feel respected and valued, and then also create an environment where you can have constructive discourse and talk about things that people disagree about, but they still like and respect each other at the end of the day. You know, those are the makings of a high-performing team. And I think, you know, as we all think about what's going on in our political environment, We'd like to see more of that. And I think companies that create that kind of a culture and environment have a secret sauce that helps them perform better than other companies. And that's advice I've always, advice I've taken with me for a long time. Completely agree with that. And I love that. I think the origins are Maya Angelou on that advice. And it's brilliant. I love that, Melissa. So how about the other side of that? Is there a tip or a piece of advice that you wish you had gotten would have been really helpful along the way that you'd wish you'd had as you had navigated your career? This is one piece of advice I wish I'd gotten. I don't know if I would have taken it, but I (laughs) wish I had gotten it. Do what scares you. Because as I look back over my career, the times that I grew the most 
is when I got out of my comfort zone and I was really nervous and was afraid of failing. And if someone had told me, do those things, I'm not sure if I would have, but I think it's great advice. You know you're growing if you're nervous. I love that. Some of your biggest points, they land on me so well about just really embracing lifelong learning and being open to all possibilities and take those risks. Melissa, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing openly, for highlighting these tips and for offering such a rich insider perspective in a practical and really straightforward way. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mary. Have a great day. For more resources on this topic, visit us on modern-career.com and on social media at Modern Career Pod. We'll include the sources noted in the episode in our show notes. Look forward to talking again very soon. Thank you.